Hi, folks. This is Sven here. I have a really special episode because for a little bit, I thought it wasn't going to happen, but I was able to meet up with this guest at Espresso Royale, and I used my phone, so I apologize for the sound quality, but don't let that distract you because what they say is gold. Here is a very special episode with CJ Run. I grew up always feeling like the weird kid that no one ever understood. Mm. And so when I make music, I make music as a means to explain myself and as a means to understand myself. And um, as it's been for the last couple years, I'm making music to understand myself, but in turn I'm giving a voice to other people that feel exactly the same way as I do. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast, and uh, today I am with CJ Run, and uh, you may recognize them from their solo project, I guess you could say, solo project, CJ Run, member of Sultra, and uh, they've also played with the band uh, Data Waves, and uh, anyway, CJ, thank you for being on the podcast, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, thank you for having me. So I forgot to mention that we are listening to the song Indigo off the single release 747. More stars say my Venus ain't combating with yours. You've been living on the side, I've been trying to ignore them. When I say goodbye, you want to say bonjour, you're like, Hey, baby boy, come here. Got sweet nothings for your ear. I'm so close to self combustion. Start my car and get in gear. I- Three in the morning, VAT the lift receipt. I'll be out before your door in 20 minutes, guaranteed. Said we're here so we can talk, but we know that's not your speed. Now you're scratching at my back like we're the last of dying breeds. Oh, geez, oh me, oh my. Lift your feet up and close your eyes. This is that feeling for all of the night. I- Oh, it's so hard for me to shake you I can't imagine life without you, yeah Oh, how am I gonna be without you? You make it hard for me It's so, so hard for me, yeah, yeah If my body was your temple, could you hold the fort? And if my cup is ever empty, would you pour some more? My rivers deep, they flow from Amsterdam to Bangalore Say what you waiting for, tell me what you waiting for Days when we fight, we usually uh, set that I'm arrogant, pompous and uh, They so repressed, you're not talking enough Call out my bluff, back on the wall, now you're pinning me uh, Oh what the, uh, I'm giving up, I'm so in love I'm so enamored by all that you are uh, You be my Jupiter, Saturn and stars You are, you should let me work you out Two fingers in your mouth, show you how I put it down, not you But I do ask of you If my body was your temple, could you hold the fort? And if my cup is ever empty, would you pour some more? My rivers deep, they flood from Amsterdam to Bangalore Say what you're waiting for, tell me what you're waiting for no more blues, brighter hues, this is indigo Make your move, brighter views on my 7-4 Alpha Zulu, Echo Delta, Hotel Indigo Wanna ride my 7-4, then what you waiting for? Wonderful. Um, so, I guess, I guess my first question that I always like to ask everyone is 
So did this song start off with, um, do you have a certain beat going on or did you, um, were you playing around on the keyboard or did, did something like, what, what started this song? Was it the lyrics or, or the music behind it? So it was really a combination of both. I work with a producer. His name is Alan Zoom. He goes by the name Your Beautiful Ruin. And we've um, produced a lot um, of music together. He produced um, the last EP I put out. A lot of my songs are made uh, produced by him. And um, he's usually just always has a beat going. He's always creating something. So I came over to the studio one day, and he was like starting out with um, the bare bones of this, like with the the synth, I think, with the chords that he started with. And um, I heard it, and I really liked it. Um, and uh, it had, it was like, it was late at night. It was like in the summer. Mm. Um, we had like some boxed wine and stuff and we were just like hanging out and um, I had already had about 40% of the lyrics like already written for like a different song and so when I heard this beat I was like no I like this better like this fits the mood of of what I wrote like a couple months ago Um, so as he was like making the beat and just like looping it I was like rapping and singing the lyrics I'd already written to see if it really did work and it did and so from there we just developed it and um, we finished it all in that night so when you're when you're singing that uh, that part was that that fit with what they had already written in terms of music Um, or was that sometimes it's not really necessarily about it fitting or not like I I'm a very like adaptable artist in the sense that if I've written the lyrics, I can sing them and like vocalize them in any way to fit on any beat. So when I heard that beat, I just kind of tweaked a few of the like key, uh, just a few key shifts just to make sure that okay. it would work. But yeah, that's great. Um, so was there um, is there a reason that you started off with? I've been getting into astrology more stars say my venus isn't combating with yours um well yeah i mean because the song is about a relationship that isn't it's one of those relationships that you can't get out of but you just seem to always be in um and yeah i mean over the last year i have um gotten into astrology a lot more i've like read a lot more about the planets and placements and how um different placements affect like our love languages and the planet venus is like how and what you love Hmm. and so you know if your venus sign isn't compatible with someone else's that can give you conflicts and like love so it's like yeah that's so that was that was the point of starting it that way Maybe this is bearing the lead, but uh, it, so is this this person still like in your life? And no, okay, no, <laughs> okay, no. okay. Um, so, what parts were were the things that you had originally, and then you added to? I'm just curious okay. in terms of. Like, um, let me see. Um, the parts that I yeah, I can look at the lyrics. The parts that I already had were three in the morning, VAT, the lift receipt, that whole bit up until the hook. And then, let's see, in the second verse, the style, as far as the days when we fight, we usually said that, uh, da, 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 oh, like yeah. that cadence I already had written down for a different mm. song. So the lyrics are different from what I wrote originally, but the cadence is the same, so I just changed the words. But okay. those are the two bits that I already had. And then the rest was just fill in the blank. What, what inspired you to have the, the chorus of the, if my body was your temple, could you hold the fort? You had mentioned earlier that it was like a relationship that just kind of kept pulling you back and and but yeah my rivers run deep they go from amsterdam to bangalore so how did you decide on having that be the the chorus like it seems like you're you're recalling back the chorus uh was inspired by basically the idea of as as like a queer black person as a queer Mm -hmm. black trans person I, it's very easy to sexualize me and to idealize me. A lot of people can find themselves attracted to the idea of me, but not actually me. Some people can find themselves like, oh, CJ's really cool, but 
people won't use my pronouns correctly or um, you know people might be sexually interested in me but they don't know how to approach that because I'm not the kind of person that they're used to being sexual with and um, so it's it's that whole idea of like yeah I'm you, you find me attractive you want this you want that but if I if we actually did something like if you actually like if we actually tried to do something would you would you would you be able to take me as I am would you be able to um, like people you, you know people are if you're attracted to someone and think okay but are you actually going to shoot your shot are you actually going to like hold your own and like show me something if you really are about it show me something and um, it's just someone who is like queer and trans it's like people aren't always about it people think they're about it they see you you look nice on paper but then it's like okay but are you actually going to be able to like be able to you know satisfy or be there and yeah my river is deep there flow from Amsterdam to Bangalore so it's just like it's easy to objectify me sexually and it's easy to like project and have fixations but like this runs deeper than just a pretty face like I'm I come with layers and I come with complexities so if I give myself to you or am I actually going to be able to trust you with it because this is more than just you know what you see. I think I'm seeing. I know I've I've read a few interviews with you where the the um, forgive me if my language isn't correct because I'm trying. Um, but as <laughs> there's a plane landing above us. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I guess for me. That, that makes so much sense in terms of why this is a very important song to you or your favorite um, is being able to like how do you exist in this world if I'm saying this correctly how do you exist in this world within like this I don't know like a new set of rules and like does that is, is that the right question to ask because how do I exist in a world where I'm in a cis-hetero society where I'm none of those things and right. everyone around me is and I have... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, if that's the question. I mean, I mean, it's taught me, too, that all that glitters is not gold and that, you, that all attention is not good attention mm. and that I don't... And that I am I'm not starved for attention. I think that a lot of times, especially when you're a marginalized person, regardless of if it's like mm. queer marginalization... Um, people in positions of privilege think that you know you're going to be jumping at an opportunity to be with them because they think that you can't get any better Um, so like being trans if a cis person is attracted to me they might be surprised if I turn them down because they'll be like oh like what do you mean like I mean why wouldn't you like isn't this what you would want right you know or like when the black women um, are you know are approached by like white men and white men are surprised that uh, what I mean yeah but you're like you're a black I mean what you don't I, I'm like the apex of existence how could you not and you're like the marginalized one I'm doing you a favor by being attracted to you so like you know there's that mindset when it comes to power dynamics so for me it's just taught me like living in this world has honestly not even taught me to feel I don't feel lesser than anybody I love myself I love the body that I'm born in, and I love the way that I present myself. I think I'm, I have a lot of attractive qualities, and it's, over the years, I've just had to like know my worth, and not just, sometimes, you know, you accept sexual gratification or relationships because you think, oh, like, what if I never get anything like this again? Well, what if I don't meet another person that's attracted to me? And so you just kind of take what you can get without really seeing if it's what you want. Um, um, so, yeah, that's what this has taught me it's just that I don't have to take everything so was would that also loop into this song like was that person um, I don't know if the person knows that that this song is yeah about them but uh, was that something you encountered with that relationship or was was this actually a, a good relationship in some ways? So the thing is, the song is based on a relationship that I was in, but it is not 100% about that specific person. Mm. So it's like the verses are kind of about a relationship that I was in, and the choruses are about others that I was in, and I'm kind of piecing those together. The song is about different fragments of different relationships that I've been in. In my own mind, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm catching up, and I, I feel like... I, you know, I've had to change because 
at a certain point, I realized that my own privilege has has made me blind to so many things. And, you know, there's also that, like, how, how do you not somehow feel like if you're changing your own viewpoint, like, not to feel kind of, oh, I'm heroic or I'm trying to figure these things out and I'm so woke which I, I kind of hate that term because I feel like that's if you, if you want to label yourself as woke you're not you don't fit that definition so I guess that that kind of does loop in with the so the days when we fight we usually uh, and then um, said I, I'm arrogant and pompous and uh, so did was that something where that might have been was that like a specific argument that happened or just um I mean, I, I was in a relationship where we fought, and, you know, it wasn't, like, often, but when it happened, it was always very intense. Um, I've been told in love that I can sometimes repress my feelings a lot, and um, in the name of responsibility and not, like, not... Not sometimes I'm, I don't emote enough, and that sometimes can cause like issues in relationships yeah. that I've been in. Um, and so it's just that kind of cycle of like, you know, like when you break up with someone, but you don't really break up with them, and you're still like hooking up with them, and you kind of go back and forth, and you're mm-hmm. arguing, you're arguing, and then you you have sex, and you cry, and then you argue, and then you you don't talk for a week, and then you do it again, and then you da 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 da. So that that verse is about that cycle of like you're yeah. gonna keep complaining about me but we're gonna keep doing this and then it's your fault but it's my fault but then at the end of the day I still kind of really love you and I want to be with you and I don't understand why I can't let go of you but this cycle is not healthy for either of us yeah I guess I'll go into the part where um, I'm so in love I'm so enamored by all that you are you be my Jupiter, Saturn, and stars you are. And I was curious, since you had mentioned before, like the stars say my Venus is, it ain't combat, combating with yours. Um, is there a particular meaning astrologically with uh, Jupiter and Saturn? Um, Jupiter and Saturn are generational planets, and they stay in your generation for, I think, seven to ten years. I forgot oh. which one is which one. So it's like saying that you are my Jupiter, you're my Jupiter placement, I feel like I want to be with you for a long time. And I don't see this, even though this relationship is kind of chaotic, I don't really want it to end. No more blues, higher hues, this is indigo. Did you? Did, what was the reason that this was named indigo? Um, so uh, there was a um, other single that went with the song Indigo called 747 and it was like just like a two-sided single um, based around this mini universe called Hotel Indigo Hotel Indigo is supposed to be the place that you go to to confront your problems and it's supposed to be it's like an escape to stop escaping it's the place that you go to confront your problems it's the place that kind of reveals all the good bad and ugly about you and it's the place that you can finally find peace and serenity um, it's like a, it's almost like rehabilitation Hotel Indigo is like rehabilitation so going to Hotel Indigo going to Indigo um, is like you know let's like okay we've acknowledged all these problems but we're here right now we're, yeah. let's go to Hotel Indigo let's figure it out let's you know, confront. So is is Hotel Indigo your own um, conception or was that was is that is that a thing or is that like something that you came up with as a concept? I came up with it as a concept. Since I've been making music I've always created universes around my songs and projects. So. Oh wow. Is there a reason that you call it Hotel Indigo or there's, there's Did no, I miss something? Or? No, no. Oh, there's okay. no. There's no like. Um, there's no like metaphorical reason why it's called hotel and to go. It just mm. is. It's just. I remember when I heard the beat, it reminded. It you sometimes also color comes into my head when I think of um, the songs that I make. Mm. And so when I was listening to the beat for Indigo and writing it, I. Indig- like the like a dark a dark blue was what was in my head. Mm. Like that's what I thought. Of. So I was like, this song should be called Indigo. Hmm. Yeah, and the Alpha Zulu Echo Delta is that is that um, just like because um, the whole seven four seven Indigo uh, 
duo single um, is based on like the you know the commercial plane the 747 Boeing mm-hmm. so um, you know like when pilots are like phonetically like calling out letters mm. and they'll be like alpha um, beta delta you know hotel mm-hmm. indigo umbrella whatever so I was just like vocalizing and just using those just to end on hotel indigo because you would use hotel and indigo for H and I if you were phonetically sounding out okay so gotcha um, they do that in the military too so mm-hmm. excellent well, you covered the uh, "Wanna Ride My 74, which is the seven four seven. Was there was there a distance maybe at that time that that you're like you want to? I, I'm thinking in terms of like plane travel when when you say seven four seven, but you actually mean like. Well, I, I'm guess I'm assuming, but just the um, that they're joining you. On the the plane flight, or yeah, they're joining you know. me on the plane flight to go to Hotel Indigo, where we can fix our problems, okay. where we can like come with me. Let's we've owned up to all of this, so let's go. Like, do you really want to fix this? Do you really want to like be with me? And let's go to Hotel Indigo on my seven four seven, and let's figure it out. I don't know if you wanted to talk about your most recent release as well. Just like um, see if there's you know, uh, do you have a favorite song on? On that album? It's called Here For Now. And it came out um, March 1st. And um, my favorite song from there right now is uh, Dear Diary. Yeah. Uh, Just, um, it's, um, the song is basically as the title goes, it's like, it's basically like a diary entry. If anything, we should have done that song today, but I was just thinking of like, all my songs. And yeah. Um, It's a diary entry of just me talking about my insecurities, my, um, the things I'm afraid of. Um, it's like it's a very confessional track, so I like that one a lot. What does what does music mean to you? For me, music is a way for me to express myself in a way that I have always felt like I haven't been able to. I grew up always feeling like the weird kid that no one ever understood, mm. and so when I make music, I make music as a means to explain myself and as a means to understand myself. And um, as it's been for the last couple years, I'm making music to understand myself, but in turn I'm giving a voice to other people that feel exactly the same way as I do. Um, So my music is a way to explain myself. It's a way for me to just express all the things that I feel, whether I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm feeling like the shit or I feel like shit or it's like, it's, it's everything that I am just audibly. And, um... It's also like a point of like education. It's a it's a way to blend genres and to blend cultures and to blend experiences. And I make my music with the sole purpose now of like I want people to be able to listen to my songs and be able to like if you listen to a twelve track album from me, I want you to be I want anybody in the world to at least hear one song or at least one line or one section of a song that reminds them of them or it's, or it's a part that they can connect to or it's a part they're like yeah me too or it's a part they're like yeah I love this bit like I'm gonna keep playing this song because I wanna hear that part um, I just want I, I want to be a reflection of the world that I live in but through my own lens how did you get into music what drew you into music initially and then you know kept you going I mean I've always been in music I um I started off like in the church, like I used to sing in like um, like kids choirs, like uh, like Christian, like kids Christian choirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the recorder and I did the saxophone for a year. I I was like in theater and things like that. Just growing up, like I, I've always wanted to do music things. I never knew if I wanted to do it as like a career, but especially in like primary school, like between the ages of. Five and thirteen. I was just like, I just, I want to, I want to know how to play saxophone. I want to know how to sing. I want to know how to, I want to, I want to do stuff. And when I was thirteen, that's when I decided I wanted to rap. Um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna start writing raps. I'm gonna do it. And I've just been doing it and building it and growing it since then. Like I, I have YouTube covers from seven years ago still up. You know, like I, I've been trying to. I have sound. I have an old SoundCloud with covers and everything. Like I. For the last eight years, I've just been trying to make this my career, making it my career. What finally said, I should make a career out of this. Like, so between the ages of 13 and 17, I lived in North Carolina, a very small, small town. 
So I never felt like there were any opportunities for me. You know, you'd see like other like younger people that would like get famous or do things like um, in my time, it was like One Direction, Justin Bieber, Cher Lloyd, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd be like, how do I even get there? How do I even get people to hear me like that? I don't know how that works. I was just like making music online and hoping for the best and just, you know. Yeah. But then when I got to college, like before starting college, that was my idea. I was inspired by like um, Mike Posner and Mac Miller who got uh, popular on their college campuses. Like they all went to college and then... I think either finished or didn't, but they like built fan bases on their college campuses. So I was like, oh, okay, like I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna go out to Illinois and go to school there, and I'm just going to do everything I can to get everybody to listen to me, like at yeah. the time that I'm there. And I was like, okay, I'll just work on getting a degree for four years, and I'll just build a fan base on a college campus for four mm-hmm. years, and then I'll graduate. And then I'll have my backup plan and I can do music. That was like the initial, you know. Yeah. But when I got to school, like, it, I didn't have like a plan or like, I'm going to go to do I just came here at 17 with the mission, like, okay, while I'm here, I'm going to try and utilize everything I can to make this a career. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street. Located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. What do you what do you like about the Champagne Urbana scene? And then you know you can feel free to like jump in with what you don't like about the Champagne Urbana scene. So, yeah, Um, I think that the Champagne Urbana scene is like one big supportive open mic. In the sense that I feel like it's very easy to get on a show or get on a microphone with at least one other person in the room somewhere in town, especially if you like or have a proximity to campus. Like getting in a space to perform, at least when I first got here, it wasn't too difficult. Like there was like an open mic in the at the Union, and there was like something going on at Canopy, and I lived in Allen Hall, so there was an open mic every month, and like. Um, then you got the basement shows and like and, and everyone's like within reach like no one is too uppity to like have you send them a facebook message and say hey like mm. are you doing any shows like can i maybe do a 15 minute thing or yeah. you know like it's not hard to get people to give you a chance to get on a stage um, and that's something I like because I've, I've talked to people who live in other cities or other college campuses and they're like yeah there's like no music scene there's no art scene here it's not and I was like oh why don't you just try and find an open mic they're like oh, there's hardly anything going on out here so I'm like very grateful that Champagne has so many like even the red herring like just so many small pockets where you could just mm-hmm. do your little song and go yeah that's that's my favorite thing about this place okay yeah. and I guess on the on the other side of that coin is like what don't you like about the Champagne Urbana scene or what could they do to be better I think I mean and I don't know whose fault that is, but I do wish we had more venues. I feel like the only thing we have right now is the Canopy Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 51 in Maine, there's like whole issues with that. So a lot of people aren't too like excited to you know book there and do things like that. So it would be nice if we had more small venues like Canopy. I think something else is like there's a... Um, especially among like the artist community, I would say that I sense a lot of complacency among a lot of artists. I think that because it is so easy and welcoming to perform out here, and you can like get like a little bit of a fan base, and people can like you know fuck with you. It's like 
people sort of plateau and sort of peak out here. And sometimes it can get to a point where it seems like musicians are playing the same venues over and over again and sort of staying. And I get that it's hard, like being a traveling musician or trying to branch out. But sometimes it does. It's some like when I look at other musicians around me that I've maybe been playing the scene with for like years, and like I'm like trying to like go out. I'm I'm really I'm itching. I'm not like I can't just stay here. Like there's some people that are just comfortable being here, and like. If that's okay, if that's what you want to do, that's okay. But mm-hmm. I do know some musicians that have like dreams of like grandeur, but they've been playing here for years and years and years and aren't going anywhere else, and that bugs me. And you don't want to say that because you don't want to sound like a hater. So you just kind of, you know, you just kind of chill. You're like, okay, like do what you want, but it's it's concerning. So that's the only thing I would say. You you mentioned earlier before pre-interview that you know now you're looking for bigger and better things and um, so so Chicago is the the next likely step what's the next big step moving to Chicago and and what what are your goals there I believe that as an artist establishing yourself in a scene is important um, and I think that the further up you want to go the more you need to establish yourself in other scenes um, so for me right now like my short term like big goals is just to establish myself in Chicago as a member of the scene as somebody that performs and is known for performing someone that can that can bring like people out you know the next steps are you know trying to like get some good representation as far as PR and like mm-hmm. booking agents and all those other like the whole like trifecta and like circle that surrounds an artist and what makes an makes like the biggest artist pop is like having management having a booking agent having a publicist having this having that mm-hmm. so those are the things that I'm working towards by like playing more shows as I'm doing and building a fan base more and like you know raising online credibility and all of that like that will be in the near future so you've you've gone on tour around and performed at different venues um, is there is there a particular show that you did that you're just like that's exactly what I want this is what like, like okay so what was the best show that you've ever done that's a that's a hard question I think that there have been a lot of really great shows and there's like it's sometimes it's not even like at like major venues about two years ago there was a show I did there was a basement show I did here in Champaign it was I think it was I can't remember I think it was sometime in February about two years ago and I remember we were doing my I was singing and it was my song Spaghetti I think the PA blue or the orcs like cut something like that happened and um, but we just kept kept it going and everybody in that basement I don't know how many people there were maybe about like 50-ish mm-hmm. and I remember everyone was singing the song with me like everybody knew the chorus mm. and I was like okay we're just gonna keep it going like and then I was like you say you gotta and then everyone just kept going and kept going and kept going they knew all the words they knew the verses they knew the whole thing and that that was two years ago and that was like that's that ammo that you need where you're like I make songs that people remember and that people come to the show to sing with me that means that I need to be doing this actually you know mm. um, so that was that's a show I'll never forget at the first time I headlined a show was at Canopy in the front room. Um, I think uh, we sold about like 140 tickets um, for the front room, some, something around that number. And it was so cool that everyone bought tickets to see me. Again, that was like more like ammo, like, okay, people, it's not just the people showing up for the headliner. No, you are the headliner, and like you had 100 people show up for you, so you can do this again. Yeah. And like, again, people were singing along to the songs, and when you, they hear the first chord, they know what song it is, and they're like, yelling because they're excited and they're like oh this is my song and like um going out of state i played at iowa i played in iowa city Mm -hmm. um i opened for cakes the killer at mission creek festival um last april that that was a really great set also i had um it was like it was like dj drum bass guitar i think was the setup Mm. Um, so a lot of moving pieces and I remember after the show um, I saw a girl in the front that was really like having a good time so I just went up to her afterwards and I was like hey it looked like you really enjoyed my set thank you for like saying and you know mm-hmm. and she was like oh no well I mean I got tickets to see you and Cakes the Killer like, I, mm-hmm. like I've been listening to your music for months like I, I already and that was wild because I came out to Iowa City I didn't expect anyone to know me I expected to like have to win over another crowd right. and she was like oh no like, I have four tickets to come see you like I've been listening to you like you came up on my Spotify radio and I was excited when I saw you were in town so I came to see you and mm. that 
that was like oh oh so it's it's beyond just champagne it's beyond illinois like you know like college kids in iowa city know who i am like okay like the shows that always mean the most to me sometimes it's not if the crowd is the most hype or not sometimes it's like when people are touched by it when you see people moving when you see people singing along when you see people looking it up on their phones as you're singing it when it's it's when they ask to take a picture with you afterwards because they believe in you already um those are my favorite shows. Have you had some shows where you feel like you had to kind of win the crowd over and like Yeah. And like how did that happen? Yeah, I mean I think that's every show right now for me because I'm playing in Chicago more often these days. And so Chicago's a big city, so we obviously, you know, I get my friends to come out and there are repeat people, but like it's usually me opening for like a major label artist. Mm. So they're all there to come see XYZ, not CJ Run. So you have 30 minutes to warm them up. You've got 30 minutes to give them a reason to give a shit about you. So I think, yeah, I play every show like I'm trying to win a crowd over. I haven't, I haven't played a show yet where I've been like, oh, yeah, you know, they're here for me. Yeah, I can, I can take it easy. Not like take it easy, but, you know, like I don't have anything to prove tonight because they are here for CJ Run. No one's here to see me yet. It's not everyone is there to see me yet. Right. So I have to, I'm still on that something to prove grind right now mm. do you find that that effort tiring or do you find that energizing or like I'm sure that to, to feel like you're you're actually winning people over probably yeah. is very energizing but um, do you find something within like that effort to try to get to win people over is that is that something that you just kind of crave in a way or I don't know I'm, I, I don't yeah. know if I'm asking the right question no, but it I, just I seems like it's definitely tasking because every show is different every crowd is different mm-hmm. um, also it you have to have some pretty solid self esteem and belief mm. in your work to be okay with having to perform for strangers every night and hope that they are going to like what they hear. Um, I, I have a very strong support system and I have a very strong belief in my music and I know that I'm talented. I know my music is good. And so, like, I, I know I know that, you know, even if people aren't going to be yelling and screaming and dancing along, I know people are going to walk away from the show like, what was that? Or, no, that was good. Or maybe they didn't dance, maybe they didn't move much, but they're going to look it up later. You know, they're going to tell their friend that they saw it. You know, like, so I don't take everything at face value, I, but I know that every time that I get on stage, I know that people aren't going to forget that they saw me perform. And that is something that I have to hold on to. There's obviously your good and bad days, you know. Um, I've played sold-out shows for headliners, and I've played shows where maybe it was only, like, 20 people in the room. Mm -hmm. But 20 people or 200 people, like, they're going to remember CJ Run, and I know that they will. Um, Hmm. And that's... I just go in with every show with that belief. Like, okay, no one knows who I am? All right, we're going to make them know. After these 30 minutes are up, they're going to know. And, you know, that's, that's just the game. Wow. And it's also a very humbling experience because um, because I'm never going to really get too comfortable. So, And I feel like by the time I start headlining shows and packing stadiums and rooms and arenas and whatever, I'm going to remember the days where I had to drive from Champaign to Chicago with my friends in their Toyota and play 30 minutes for a couple hundred dollars um, and try and make fans. And I'm going to, and it's it's like I feel like it's character building. It's like okay, I, yeah, I gotta pay my dues right now because by you know, so that when I get to that point, I can look back and be like, yeah, that's why I did that, you know. And it teaches you to never be too cocky, never to, you know, like yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm like my music people are gonna remember me, um, but it teaches you to like, you know, the humility of like your career is literally dependent on whether or not people connect with your music. And that's the first and foremost thing. Are, are there any, like, Champaign-Urbana artists that you admire or really appreciate listening to their music as well? Yeah, I... Well, he's not here anymore, but um, Alan Zhu, 
Your Beautiful Run was the best producer based in Champagne, I would say, mm. undoubtedly. He is a multi-genre producer. If you send him any song and say, oh, I want something made in this sort of style, he can do it. Um, if you listen to all, any of my songs produced by Your Beautiful Run, they all sound different because I'm different. And I was like, look, I, I want something to sound like this, like that. Like, he's very adaptable. He's produced for Chase Baby, like, did a whole project for yeah. him. And that sounds completely different to the one he made for me. So Alan Zhu is, um, was a top uh, champagne artist in my eyes. Along with him, I really do like the Data Waves just as a mm. band. They, you know, they make drunk funk. They're so talented. They all mesh and play off of each other really well. And I would hope to be as good as an improvisational like musician as they are because they, they're really great. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee dot cafe at community dash ucc dot org do you want to talk about your favorite non-musical thing um well i feel like this is Loki kind of cheating but my favorite non-musical thing is bollywood movies um and bollywood movies are also like 70% music so it's like ooh. but no mainly the movies I, I've been a fan of Bollywood movies since I was a young child I've seen a lot of different releases from different eras I was like learning Hindi at one point in my life and I kind of stopped I'm a huge fan I'm a huge fan of like the music the, the colors the, the movies are always like three plus hours long so the plots are a lot more like unpredictable and a little bit more like dramatic just because there's like more time for shit to happen so I really do love Bollywood a lot also I'm a, I'm a huge fan of I like to cook um, I feel like a lot of musicians like to cook or have like fixations around food I like to cook everywhere that I've grown up and like being Nigerian as well my mom never let me like not be in the kitchen when she was making food so I had to learn how to make like how to cook from a very young age um, is there a favorite dish that you like to make yeah I make really good like fried chicken like I have like a recipe like it's like yeah, I'm not. I'm not sharing the secrets. Oh, but uh, I have a real good like. Yeah, I have a real good fried chicken recipe. So like, usually that's my my comfort food. That's my like. If I want to flex and my friends want to eat something, I'll just make really good wings. Like that's yeah. Like I'm about that. <laughs> Since this is a podcast, nobody can tell, but right. you have like the biggest smile on your face, like right now, is. <laughs> I'm like, I make good wings. I'm like, I don't have wings. I need to go get some chicken. Yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> I guess going back to the Bollywood, I, I feel like the fact that you eat, that's one of your favorite things. And although it's musical, but it's also, as you said, it, they're, they're three hours long and they're dense and they have like, it's, it's like they throw everything at it. There's, which I kind of feel fits with your personality and like your own work ethic and the way that you put together music it's like I'm, I'm sorry this is just gonna be everything it's gonna be, you know, every, there's gonna be singing yeah. there's gonna be dancing there's going to be um, you know there's gonna be a secret twin that you didn't know about and there's gonna be two weddings in the movie and you know you're gonna cry there's gonna be a fight scene and you'll jump on the train at the end like it's <laughs> yeah. unless I feel like I just described like six different Bollywood movies but um, yeah no I, I would agree um, I, I like I like media that 
is rich. Like, I like when, I mean, everything doesn't have to be conscious and complex. Like, that's not, you know, I listen to, I listen to music that is more bare bones. I like movies that are a bit more simplistic, too. Mm-hmm. But I do like the richness of being able to, like, fit a lot of things into something and make you feel a lot of different things while not being overwhelming. I think mm. that we live in a world where... I think that we're all like everything's about the quickness and the convenience of everything people's attention spans are really short and we don't really get to like engross ourselves in like a lot in like in like in pools of like a lot and so I'm trying to bring back that richness to music that the layers the go on the rap genius and read the lyrics really and actually hear what I'm saying you know like I, I, I enjoy that I enjoy that it's also funny when you when you spend your whole life like being a creative you sometimes like like people ask you what's your hobbies I'm like listening to music finding music yeah. uh, <laughs> dreaming about music but no, I'm so I'm in, I'm into cooking I'm into I'm into movies I'm into language is also my favorite thing which does tie to music but it's like I so I speak German and I'm um, also like elementary in Dutch and growing up in Europe it's just culturally you just learn other languages it's just part of our curriculum and part of our lives like two hours over is another country that speaks a whole other language so that's just life um so like i'm still i still have dreams of being a polyglot and like knowing a lot of different languages but i gotta like take i gotta step aside from the music or find a way to do both but yeah i love language a lot i love learning little bits of different ones i'm also i'm very like into um, fashion, as, as especially like when it comes to like gender identity and stuff, like finding my own interpretation of masculinity mm-hmm. and like how I want to look is something that's really important to me. Yeah. And it's something I really enjoy. Like I love helping my friends like find their styles and like going shopping with them and helping them pick out clothes. And I'd love to be like, I'd love to model at some point and you know be on runways and things like that. Like. So those are all part of my interests. I, maybe it would have been easier if I just said, "Okay, what don't you do?" You know. <laughs> that's, but yeah, that's me. That's me. This has been a great interview. I've really yeah. enjoyed. Like, do, so do you find that having experience and knowing in in your mind a second language? Do you feel that that is is influential in terms of the way that you look at words and even maybe even the conjugation or even just maybe even the sense of reorganizing the the sentence structure yeah. you know like yeah. that you you look at it more from maybe the the German language perspective which you know yeah talk about German you know it's like oh if, if they don't have a word they just take a bunch of words and just yeah squish them together yeah. so yeah. um do you feel like that kind of influences the way that you look at just the even just in the English language that you're um putting out on your records and your EPs that kind of thing I think that that's something that's like common knowledge between like people who are bilingual is that um, the way that we form sentences is different because we learn two different sets of rules Mm -hmm. but also I've learned how to speak English in three different ways so I speak American English Mm -hmm. but I also speak British English and then also my family is Nigerian so I know Pidgin English which is the colloquial Creole of Nigeria of how like Nigerian speak English so growing up like my mom speaks like a mixture of like American English well like she kind of speaks like a mixture of like the different because of diaspora the kind of the the different combinations of ways of speaking English and that's what I was raised to speak and so the way that I speak English it, it's not even really it's not even really inspired by like German like it's it's more to do with the fact that I grew up in different English speaking countries so the way that I speak English is different to mm-hmm. like how British people who are just British speak and people who are just Nigerian speak and people who are just Mm. American so if you yeah if you look at my sentence structures and some of the words that I use Mm -hmm. it's like yeah uh, yeah, I know that's a word but I've not heard that word used in that context or in that sentence or in that way that's interesting there was a few things where I'm like I wonder if that's a British thing or you know it makes sense but I haven't heard those words in that order and so yeah it's yeah yeah like earlier on I I 
was was embarrassed to not know what a VAT was, and I had Googled it, and then I was like, that wait, that just means value-added tax? Mm-hmm. What? But, yeah. Anyway, um, that uh, is there anything else you'd like to, like, add or just talk about, like, some of your future projects, or, or are you... Um, well, let's see. I, I have um, just like quick announcements. Um, so here for now, the EP is out on all streaming platforms: uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Title, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm CJ Run on Twitter. That's it's CJ Run. I'm CJ Run on Instagram. CJ Run. CJ Run on Facebook. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn now. I'm trying to figure out how to be on LinkedIn as like a musician. Like, you know. um, Nobody knows LinkedIn. No, I'm no? sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Because I'm just like I have a cool headshot. Um, I want to say thank you to um, like Champagne and the University of Illinois as a scene and as a place. Um, I know that just like from talking in this interview, I'm definitely like you know ready to leave and ready to go and build. But I couldn't really go if I wasn't here in the first place. Um, everything that I have so far, I would like everything I have so far. I owe to the support um, that I've gotten from local venues and musicians and just having this campus be my like musicians playground to be able to like get people to listen and tune in so I um, even when I leave even though I sometimes I get tired of living here like I I wouldn't be the musician I am if I didn't come here so just shout out to shout out to Champagne CJ thank you so much for being on the podcast and um, it's just been a pleasure talking about your song Indigo and about the scene and Bollywood movies and cooking and it's all right. I, I'll get your recipe after. No, I, no, I know no. we won't. No, I know. I'm still perfecting it anyway. So once I have it like down, because I, I try different versions of it. So once I have the one that I want to be like the CJ recipe, we might start sharing it. So. All right, that sounds good. But th- but thank you so much. And and I know it wasn't easy to like coordinate to get get together. So I, it's just been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is CJ Run reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live. Do I have to? What is going on? Oh, it, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, your phone might not be unlocked. It might be oh. locked. That might be the reason you're not able to do stuff. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Now it's unlocked. But thank you. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. Studio. Sound speaker on the inside.